0: was having a a bit of fun the other day Uh, i was watching a bunch of older films that i have especially like sometimes i'll go down this rabbit hole of old kung fu and karate films like from the 80s and the 70s because those were just there's just something about them there's there's a certain uh aesthetic to them where it's like that, that genre was just up and coming and it wasn't really getting too much of a of a, of a blow-up as it has over the last, say, 30 years. When it was first up and coming, they were just, like, banging out films, like, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 of them a year, and they were all having the same kind of feel to them. And it's just that old-school, you know, kung fu film, you know, vibe that you get when you watch a film that's that old. And I specifically went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with old Jackie Chan films, And it was just really fun to watch them when he was younger, and he was just kind of uh, getting bigger and getting more uh, acknowledgement before he came over to America and made the American films. And I was going to do this entry specifically about one film, but then I was just like, fuck it, let's do it. A whole Jackie Chan kind of episode. Let's just talk about him in general. Because not only has he been involved in, I want to say, at least a 100 films. They're some of the best action films of the huge boom of kung fu and uh, Chinese action films and Chinese karate films and action films in America of the 80s and the 90s, specifically. And I'm not going to say that the last 20 years weren't also good for him, but, you know, his main solo career was very much the 90s and the 80s. But it goes back even a little bit further than that. So when you look look him up and you look up any of his kind of history, Jackie Chan was involved in movies, you know, from a very young age that goes back to the early 60s. Uh, He's credited for a lot of... Different roles uh, with things such as beggar kid or child at festival. You know, he was he was a child actor, so he was just playing an extra. His first kind of th- big thing that kind of gets he talks about and gets him recognized is that he also started becoming like uh, with with being an extra. He became a stunt double, not a stunt double, a stunt man, and. He talks about the story a lot about him in a fighting scene with Bruce Lee in Fist of Fury from 1972. So that was his, that's his first major memory of being in film. So after that, it's kind of all a bunch of extra stuff. And then by mid-1970s, I want to say, he gets his first big role in Rumble in Hong Kong, where he just plays a gang leader. But like when you look it up, he's right there on the cover of that film. And moving on from there, he goes back and forth between either being an extra or maybe having something more of a speaking role or things like that. And I want to say the only other big film of his from the 70s, even though he did, I don't know, I think he's credited for like 20 films here from what I'm from what I'm seeing. You know, if you go to his IMDb and you look up his acting career, he's credited for at least 20, maybe 30 films in the 70s. But the one I think we all kind of know about and are very and m- m- mostly everybody could recognize is drunken master the first drunken master in 1978 that was when he was i believe to, to my knowledge of old you know kung fu and karate movies and even jackie chan films this was the first time the drunken style of fighting was utilized in a theoretical fashion and that's what kind of popularized it. He became the guy who knew how to fight, you know, Drunken and Fist. And moving forward, he gets a whole bunch of other films that are recognizable. He gets The Fearless Hyena, which also gets a sequel during the 80s. He gets Cannonball Run as just, you know, another driver. But that's a huge movie to be recognized in. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe Cannonball Run, what's this guy's name? The guy from The Longest Yard. Ah, uh, what's his name? Burt Reynolds. So that's a big Burt Reynolds film. And, you know, that's also, you know, a film that Jackie Chan is in. It's not something he's starring in, but he's in that film. Then, you know, he gets films like Winners and Sinners, which went on to have a couple of different spinoffs. Um, that are all within like the winners and sinners realm. It's like that same group of people, I believe, uh, like My Lucky Stars or Heart of Dragon, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Like these names aren't the best names in the world, but these were all films in the eighties where he's the starring role, and it's they're just fantastic films when it comes to the the old eighties um, kung fu Chinese kung fu film aesthetic that you look for. Like you watch those films, these films have all of that stuff, all of that extra um, fighting stuff, and people getting kicked and doing a dozen flips. Like all, it's all fast paced. It's all, it's all just. Really, really cool and really, really, really fun to watch. And one of the films from the 80s that I really originally wanted to talk about here was Project A. There was Project A and Project A2, where he plays like a, a sergeant in a naval force. And the first one is him fighting pirates, and the second one is him fighting um, drug trafficking and gangs and whatnot. But it's just that that's one of my more. More favorite stories, I guess I should say, from the 80s, from the early Jackie Chan years. It definitely would have to be those. Probably Wheels on Meals is another one. Which, again, don't take these names like when I say things like My Lucky Stars or Wheels on Meals. These are just what they called them or what, the, what we translated it into when we ported those films. Because they were originally filmed over in China. And then we ported them over here for American use. So don't don't think that because these sound weird that they're not good films. Especially Wheels on Meals. Wheels on Meals is a fantastic film. And that's again that's that takes over a lot a good portion of the 80s. And you're also talking about later in the 80s where he gets the first police story, which was a huge hit. That's the one film that really put Jackie Chan on the spot. It really made people recognize him as not just Uh, a really good actor, a really good action star. But that was also the first film that was established that, oh yeah, that's right, this guy's doing all of his own stunts. And the stunts were crazy. And it's always him. You always will look, even with the finest tooth of comb, through every scene that looks so bizarre that a human person couldn't be able to do it. Yeah, Jackie Chan was never this guy that was like, I need a stunt double to do this. No, he did all that. Every film you see him do any crazy stunt that you think... I wouldn't dare do that. Yeah, Jackie Chan's doing that. So that's really what kind of was a big selling point for him and what blew him up. And Police Story was the start of that. Then, of course, that had a bunch of sequel. It has Police Story 2. Then you have Crime Story and Super Cop. The the cop thing was a big deal... When it came to him being an actor, a lot of his movies relate to that. And then as you get into the 90s with things like uh, Tw- Twin Dragons or Operation Condor and um, the, the, I said Supercop, th- those those films, again, they just kind of present that, but they also present him in kind of in kind of a comedic light, I guess I, I should say. There's a lot of comedy. I mean, you could see a lot of the comedy in the older ones, too, but... That's a lot, that's still, like, more accentuated in a lot of the older films after those. Like, there are very few things like that that make you want to, like, think that they're a funny scene or make that film seem more comedy than action. As the films move on, there's a little bit more of that. Like, a lot of even his fighting sequences involve a lot of comedy. Like, I remember in I Believe It's Mr. Nice Guy, he's fighting a bunch of people in a construction site... And one of the things that he does is he zip ties a guy's hand to a drill. And the, and the drill, or maybe, a, I forget what the patting down thing is, where you pat down concrete, I forget what the name of that device is. But he straps his hand down there and he turns it on. So instead of him needing to fight that guy, that guy is just trying to deal with this machine that's bouncing him up and down. And then he kicks another guy into a cement mixer and turns the cement mixer on and it starts spinning. So there's a lot more comedy in his later films uh, in the 90s. But there are still a lot of his serious roles, uh, too, even though, you know, they're not too serious, but they're more serious than other things that you'll see. Like, uh, that's... The 90s, mid-90s is when we get the sequel to The Legend of the Drunken Master, which is vastly superior over the original one because I think they really saw that there was a want for more of that. Like, I'm not even kidding you. He might be too old for it now, but I would have been more than happy with a third Drunken Master. I think the Drunken Master concept is, like, it's so fun to watch And the stories they were able to create when it came to the first Drunken Master being him learning the style, and then the legend of the Drunken Master being where he kind of... You really get the feel of what it's like to be the person who's known to be the only one that fights that way. It's just... They're just fantastic films. And, of course, we get other films in the 90s that were... Made for the Chinese audience but ported over to America and made with a little bit more of the intrigue of trying to say, okay, this is we're making this here in China, but it is technically more American based. You had a lot more American speaking in there. Films like First Strike and Thunderbolts and Rumble in the Bronx, like Mr. Nice Guy, like all these films in the 90s, they were still Chinese films, but we ported them over here. I want to say. Even though like, he had his major roles uh, for America, outside of just being the Chinese films, he then went on into the late 90s to do the Rush Hour film. The first one, in 1998, where he co-stars with Chris Tucker, and again, that's a tremendous film too, while still doing the films over in china he's also doing american films so he does rush hour then he does shanghai noon then he does rush hour 2 then he does the tuxedo then he does shanghai nights then he does the medallion and all through that 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 10 year period he's just bouncing back and forth between american films and and the um, the Chinese films that he's well-known for. Like, within the same year, he did Around the World in 80 Days, and then he did New Police Story. And New Police Story, in my perspective, isn't the best of the cop films that he's done, but it isn't bad. It's pretty good. And then, you know, he jumps back over here, and he does The Myth, and then he goes back over there, and he does Robbie Hood. And if you don't know what Robbie Hood is, it's a fantastic film where he has another co-star with another... Um, uh, Action Karate Star. I forget that guy's name too. Um, he's in a lot of things. Especially not even just with Jackie Chan. But also with Donnie Yen. And he, he's big over there. I just can't remember his, la- his name off the top of my head. But then we get... Uh, we keep going further. We get to the mid-beginning uh, of the 2000s. Around 2008, he gives us the Kung Fu Panda film where he does the voice acting for. So you're getting the Jackie Chan feel, but you're not getting his fighting, and you're not getting what you like really came to see, which is him you know, kick butt in a film like this. And again, when you think about things like Rush Hour and Around the World in 80 Days, these, are, these aren't serious action films. These are just films that he's in that he's a good action star but the films are more the the filming and the choreography is more funny. It's not meant to be a serious fighting scene. It's meant to be a comedic fighting scene almost or very rarely is it ever meant to be a serious fighting scene. But then we get The Forbidden Kingdom which in and of itself isn't the best film. But it is the first film, to my knowledge, that we get to see both him and Jet Li in the same film. I should do another one of these for Jet Li. Maybe I'll watch some Jet Li films after this. But that's the first film where these two guys, which are two big names in action, you know, as of this year, even before that year. Like, Jet Li's known for doing his own set of, you know... Chinese films and American films and being a more serious kind of format. He didn't really do too many things that were comedy related like Jackie Chan did. He was the more serious guy doing films like um, Cradle to the Grave and Romeo Must Die and The One. And they're in this film together and it's kind of just this counterpart of seeing these two action stars for the first time do their first film together. And that's a big film especially to me. And then, of of course, we move forward, and he starts doing less things that are more serious. He does, you know, the Kung Fu Panda stuff for as long as that's been going on for. He does a couple of other little films that aren't necessarily too action-based. I think Little Big Soldier is a bit, but then you have, like, The Spy Next Door, which I believe is, like, more of a... A kids film, if I'm remembering that film correctly. I might be thinking of a different film that just so happens to have Spies Incorporated, but I don't think there's much action to it. If there is, again, it's that comedic action stuff. And um, then you have him doing The Karate Kid with Jaden Smith, where he plays the Mr. Miyagi. And then you realize, like, wow, it's 2010, and he's old. Like, he's been involved in the business since the 60s. If he was a child actor then, like, maybe even a teenage actor... By, by the time The Karate Kid is out, 2010, we're talking he's in his 60s. You know what I'm saying? But he's still going because he's been in movies, a lot of movies, for the next 10 years after that. Not just doing the Kung Fu Panda stuff, but in 2012 he does The Chinese Zodiac, which is a great film. It's kind of like if Jackie Chan was the Tomb Raider. That, that's a, just a great film to me. Then you have Another Police Story, which was really good. Not too much action like previously, but again, you gotta remember, dude's in his 60s, but he's still doing stuff. Uh, then he does a film with Johnny Knoxville in 2016 called Skip Trace. By the way, during this whole thing, still doing a lot of voice acting as well, so he's still very much involved in, in a lot of this stuff. He does uh, a Monkey King voice... Uh, in a Monkey King film. I forget what it's called, but I believe he does the actual voice of the Monkey King for it. He's still doing Kung Fu Panda. He's, um, he was in, uh, what's this called? Um, the film, I think it's the one with the fox and the rabbit. It's got, it's got a weird name that's just kind of inappropriate. The Nut Job, that's what it's called, The Nut Job. He does a voice acting in that. And you're like, what is Jackie Chan doing in The Nut Job? I, I didn't even care to think about that film. And then he does like a voice voice acting in uh, one of the Lego films. But then we go to 2017. Now he does two big films. Big films to me, mind you. These might not be big films to many people, but these are big films to me. He does Bleeding Steel, which is a sci-fi film that's very action-oriented, very invested in the story that is portrayed. Um, I believe that this is uh, a Chinese action film that he does I believe it does take place uh, over there I believe it's overseas and so you can either get a, get it English dubbed or with English subtitles but it's a really really good film with a really good story that took me by surprise and it's probably one of those films that again it's not going to be the best film in the world but it's just one of those you know Chinese kung Fu movies that you love and that's the feeling you get from it even though it's updated and it's got a lot of alien stuff in it too it's just it was a good film but along with that he does the foreigner for america which is a film that's based on a novel and he co-stars with a lot of people in that film uh guys like um pierce pierce brosnan uh who else is in that i know that i know the mother is somebody i forget what the mother's name was but you, when you watch it, you recognize a lot of people when, when you see it. But, of course, Jackie Chan's in it, but he's he looks his age. Like, this is 2017. He's in his 70s, and he's still doing rolls and kicking dudes and getting thrown at walls and shit. And it's a film that's just very serious, but it's just so nice to see him that he's there and your focus is on him. But he's not really the main character he's not the main focus of the story the main focus of the story is technically pierce brosnan because he takes up the majority of the film and it's about like a bombing that happens again it's based on a novel it's a bombing that happens that his daughter gets caught in as collateral damage and because of that he then goes and tries to find the bombers who they connect to like the irish mob and stuff and it's got a lot going for it it's a really really good film And definitely, I want to say 2017 was the last year that we really got Jackie Chan at his finest. Between Bleeding Steel and The Foreigner, that to me are probably the last things that he did that were pure Jackie Chan error, like, action, to me. Uh, After that, I don't think he's done anything that's worth noting unless you're talking about Iron Mask. For those who don't know what Iron Mask is, good for you. Good for you. You don't you don't look into films and you don't try to find, you know, I wouldn't even say obscure films, but you don't try to like search for, you know, whatever the newest action film is and who's in it and you don't search up certain actors. This is I want to say it's not Chinese, it's not American, but it is a foreign film. Now get this. It's starring Jackie Chan. A couple of other people like Rudger Hauer's in there. Um, Jason, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna pronounce his right name, the, the, his last name the right way, but Jason Fleming. Again, I'm sorry, I definitely didn't pronounce that right. But you'll recognize those two, those two people, especially Rudger Hauer. But it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and that's the first time we see Arnold and Jackie Chan in a film together, and it's the worst film in the world. It's um, it's worth watching, but it is not a film that is should be taken seriously. I feel like it has very, very poor ratings as well. I feel like its rating is something like 4 out of 10 stars or something. It's not a good film ratings-wise, nor is it story-wise. But Jackie Chan's in it, and that really is going just going to show you that he's just kind of doing whatever he wants. You know, I believe The Foreigner was kind of his last role where he said, okay, I'm going to take this... You know, seriously, this is a big role. This is something that could uh, is major, and it's something that's it, it is almost important. It's almost more seriously should be taken seriously. And now he's just doing things like Iron Mask, as far as I know. I know he's um he's up for doing some more voice acting and stuff like that. But I really hope that we get something that will overshadow whatever Iron Mask is. I know there's a lot of jokes going around that he should hopefully be in whenever the next expendables film is but we're talking about it now being 2021 and he's been in this he's been in the business since the 60s like he's in his 70s close to his 80s this if he's not retiring soon then he's probably going to wind up dying on set he's it's going to be like almost like the wrestler where he just goes until his very last breath in the ring that's gonna be what Jackie Chan does, and I'm not gonna say that he should stop. If he still has it in him, by all means, Jackie Chan, keep doing it. I'll keep watching them. I watched Iron Mask. I loved it just because of the stupidity that is that film. I don't think that film is gonna be taken seriously ever. But The Foreigner is a great film. And then when I go back, I still watch all of these other things, and they just, maybe it's the '90s nostalgia stuff that kind of gets us every so often. But I'll go back and I'll watch Supercop, I'll watch Crime Story, I'll watch City Hunter, I'll watch Dragons Forever. And I'll even go even farther back and I'll watch Armor of God and I'll watch My Lucky Stars. And these are just great films that just remind you of that error. And you bring it in here. And it's almost like, to me, that these films are like a stepping stone for people to understand where action kind of came from. And I'm not even going to say that. He's the only one. There's definitely more actors and action stars out there that are definitely the stepping stones for that. But Jackie Chan should be recognized as one of those actors and as one of those stars. And for anybody who doesn't like those films or hasn't gone back and watched them that far... Like, if you're strictly a 90s Jackie Chan person... I'm telling you, go back 10 years. Start with Drunken Master move into The Fearless Hyena, get into Winners and Sinners, watch Project A and Project A2. Those films are fantastic. If you can get them English dubbed, they're even better, because they're they're so horribly dubbed, it's funny. And if you're able to get it where it's in its original Chinese with good subtitles, watch it like that too if you don't mind subtitles. But I'm telling you, if you've never experienced Jackie Chan post- 90s boom of his films go back to the 80s and watch a bunch of them any of the ones i've named or any of the other other ones on there that he's one of the stars of especially the 80s like the 80s is a big time where jackie chan really made a name for himself and if you haven't experienced that you are really doing yourself a disservice and you should and you should watch those as either a jackie chan fan or an old school kung fu film fan or As an action film fan in and of itself. They are totally worth it. Even by today's standards, it's worth going back and seeing where we kind of started and what we've come from. And that aesthetic that it gives you where it isn't all slow-mo and shaky cam. It's literally just amazing fighting, amazing choreography. And it's just Jackie Chan in his prime. That's really it. 80s and 90s is prime Jackie Chan. And I'm going to say it's all post-Rush Hour. Even though he's good in Rush Hour and after all everything post-Rush Hour, it's better. It's just better.